I would say to parents, you know what? You can't take shortcuts here. You got to do the hard work of living what you want them to learn. Live what you want your children to learn. You ain't been there, and then you ain't, and you ain't just this or did that. It don't matter. Just love on them. Or love yourself. So you have to go back and love on them. It's okay. Whatever love on them. When you look back on your life, what's one thing you needed to hear your father say? And, um, that's my experience. And I can only go off of whatever I, I've experienced for almost a decade. Persistence. Persistence don't get you where you gotta go. Fatherhood Friday Season 5 with your host with the most charmer traveling coast to coast and today we have made a stop in Cincinnati, Ohio by way of Indianapolis, Indiana. You might be thinking charmer, so, so who are you bringing on today? Well, through my youngest brother Patrick, uh, he's been following uh, a young man uh, by the name of Mike House, and he is an inspirational speaker. And I had a chance to check him out on YouTube and his website, and was just really impressed by some of the things he had to say. And so, us as dads, us as fathers and father figures, I figured why not bring him on the show and see how he can help us uh, change and transform and be uh, the best version of ourselves the best version as a dad that we can be um allow me to introduce mike house how are you doing today man chalmer thanks for having me today man all is well very blessed on this cloudy day here in cincinnati ohio but as we were chopping it up earlier just grateful grateful to be here for another day so many people didn't make it today so i'm just grateful for the breath of life and before we jump in, man, I, I really want to just give a shout out, as you've already done, but I want to make sure that I give give my piece here to your brother, Patrick. Uh, Patrick Williams, appreciate you uh, connecting the two of us, and thanks for following, man. I, I, I really, really am grateful for the support. Well, Pat, you heard it first, man. Um, you, you, you're the man that made it happen, and so we want to give a shout out to you. And, and so before we begin today, man, you know, just give us, you know, just a little bit about yourself and, and, and how you've become a, a inspirational speaker, as you would call it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll jump right in, man. Um, it's, it's been a journey. It's really been a journey. It has not uh, been something that I just say, oh, I think I want to be an inspirational speaker today. But it really started 
um, when I was 30 years old, man. Okay. And at the age of 30, uh, I became a father. And I was really terrified. I was extremely terrified, to say the least, uh, because I didn't want my son to be like me. As far back as I can recall, um, I struggled with with a lot of self-limiting beliefs about myself, uh, disempowering, and the most prominent being uh, self-hate, lack of self-love. And I, it had always been that way as far back as I can recall, but I never fully understood why. I thought it was just who I was. That's how God created me, right? Uh, okay. But looking back over my life today, I can say that my environment played a huge role in my beliefs because we tend to model the behavior that we've been exposed to. And that's why I was uh, really perplexed and terrified and horrified uh, when I learned that I was going to have a son because I didn't want my son to, to have the same beliefs that I had. And so as I was born to young parents, I mean, young parents that had a very unhealthy relationship. Uh, when my parents got married, my mother was five months pregnant with me, walking down the aisle, literally. Uh, and by the time I was born, just four or so months later, their marriage was, was practically over. My mom, very intelligent, smart lady, beautiful, uh, but she had her own challenges. She dealt with some mental health issues. And my father, on the other hand, uh, he was what I call a tortured soul. And a tortured soul is, is someone that is, is caring, uh, kind-hearted, will give you the shirt off their back, but they also have a lot of inner turmoil, inner demons. And for my father, a lot of that stemmed from his upbringing and from his environment. Several years ago, uh, my grandmother shared with me, she said, you know what, Michael? Society made your father the way he was. At one point when he was a child, he was chased home every day. And, and one day he was running home and I decided to lock the door on him. And I told him, look, you can't run home forever. You want to stand up and fight for yourself. And so that's what he did. But to be clear, my father was not one that, that sought out trouble by any means. But if trouble were to come his way, he would not back down. He would stand his ground. And so... That's, that's what he desired most in life, though, was a family. He was a family man, and that's what I admired about him. He loved his parents, his siblings, and most importantly, his children. He loved my mother dearly, but um, that relationship just wasn't meant to be. It was very chaotic. So he had decided to remarry some years later, but that relationship was even more chaotic. Uh, and unfortunately, when I was 13 years old, uh, his wife's brother shot and killed my father and he was only 35. Now, as a 13 year old, I didn't realize how young 35 is until I turned 35 myself. Now, today I'm 38 and I could not imagine. I couldn't even imagine leaving this world three plus years ago. And so as a youth, I was very troubled in this capacity. I had this negative energy around me and most importantly that negative energy was within me and it was bottled up for over 30 years so for over 30 years i had this negative energy and essentially i had become a tortured soul myself 
but to the outsider looking in, you wouldn't be able to tell that. You couldn't determine that because of the story. And the story was a person that had defied several odds by becoming a first generation college graduate, by earning an MBA, by working for Fortune 500 companies with a quote unquote good job, didn't have any financial stress or pressure, uh, living in the suburbs with a beautiful family on a golf course, green grass, I'm no longer in the hood. <laughs> I could do what I wanna do pretty much within reason. So from the outside looking in, it looked all well and good, but the outside conditions aren't the biggest determining factor. In fact, it didn't mean much to me at all because on the inside, I was incomplete. I was not whole, I was not fulfilled. So there I was a 30 year old man with a son and my conditioned mind was telling me, look, Mike House, you have no business having a son, man. What are you, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Don't you know that this dude is gonna be just like you? He's gonna be just like you. And so to mitigate that negative voice that was in my head, somewhat, I decided to name my son Hezekiah because according to the scriptures, King Hezekiah turned away from his forefathers, their rituals, their beliefs, their behaviors, and he did what was right in the sight of God. But things began to change for me when my son Hezekiah was around two years old. I had finally discovered what was driving my life. And that, and that was my negative thoughts. Now on the surface, that seems obvious. It seems obvious because we like to quote the scripture that says, um, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But what we overlook is it goes much deeper than what we are thinking from a conscious perspective, our ability to accept and reject information that comes to our head or that we hear. That's conscious awareness. I'm talking about those thoughts and those beliefs, those emotions, those patterns, those habits that reside within our heart of hearts, which is our subconscious mind, which is below consciousness you're not aware that is happening that is transpiring and so we practice these things on a daily basis and we're on autopilot and it's running the show and that what was going on within me and within everyone really it just all depends on those beliefs that are within you uh your results or your outcome the effect of life that is and a quote that i love that sums that up quite nicely charmer is by the great psychiatrist Carl Jung. And Jung says, until you make, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Essentially, Mike House, <laughs> until you bring those disempowering beliefs and ideas that you've been carrying all of your life to the forefront and start going to work on them, you are going to continue to be a tortured soul. And oh, by the way, your son, he's watching you and he's recording everything that you are saying, that you are doing and that you are believing because the output and the outcome is there based on your beliefs. He's, he's recording that and it's gonna play out in his life as well. And so that's when the work began when my son was around too my personal growth and development journey started and it continues today by the way because we never reach that point uh, of, of fullness we're always becoming 
We're always on this journey to, to live our best lives and to reach our full potential. But my personal growth and development journey started with me uh, reading books on the power of the mind, the power of thought. And then I started listening to uh, other speakers such as uh, Wayne Dyer, Jim Rohn, Earl Nightingale, Neville Goddard, Les Brown. And what was happening was it was disrupting that negative toxic voice that had been playing out in my mind all of those years that was that was telling me that I was nothing that that self-hate it was disrupting that and it was empowering me to know that I could change that I was not a victim and that the conditioning that I received was not my fault you see you cannot control the parents that God uses to bring you here on this earth. You cannot control the environment that you were raised up in. You see that conditioning that's within you, it really, really starts at a young age from the womb up into the first seven or so years of your life. That's where it's really established. You can't control that. That's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to change it. No mm. one else can transform your mind but you, that is a you and you deal. And to take it a step further, <laughs> this was the real sticky point for me, Chalmer. Real sticky point. Okay. It's not necessarily your parents' fault or whoever raised you either. You see, okay. your parents were conditioned to, just like you. They did the best that they could do. They do what they did what they knew how to do. And we cannot ask of anything more of them because when we set these expectations for, for those uh, that, were, that were influential in our lives, good or bad, when we set expectations for them, we're setting ourselves up for failure because they cannot give you what they do not have. So you wanted this unconditioned, not just wanted, you needed it, but they didn't have the unconditional love to give you. They didn't have the, the awareness of a growth mindset or an abundance mindset. Maybe they were poverty stricken. And so now that's what was passed on to you. They gave you what they had and they gave you what they received. That's what they knew how to do. And so we have to realize that they were operating from their conditioned mind too. But we are not victims of our conditions and our circumstances. The world tells us that we are, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It might be a fact that you are struggling with whatever you're struggling with. That might be a fact. It might be a fact that you are not a model father, but the facts of your life can change, but your truth remains the same. And the truth is you were created to be great. You were created to be the cause of life, to make things happen, not to be the effect, the result, the outcome of the conditions and circumstances and the ultimate the ultimate purpose 
in my estimation, is for us to awaken and to become aware of this great power that resides in each of us that gives us the ability, the power, and the authority to change or to decondition any disempowering ideas or beliefs that we have been carrying throughout our lives. Mm. But that takes work. (laughs) That takes work on you. And working on you is the hardest work that you'll ever have to do. Working on a job is not that difficult because you can learn how to work on a job. Working on with others, let me say working with others, that can be challenging, (laughs) but you can learn to work with others. Working on yourself is so hard because you are going against these subconscious beliefs that you have been carrying most of your life, if not all of your life, and they don't want to go away. A habit is a habit for a reason. It's very resistant to change. But you are worth it. Your dream is worth it. Your children are worth it. Your children's children are worth that fight. And when you change, everything else will change for you. And I'll sum this up here, Charles. All right. One of the most profound things that I've heard over the past few years is is very simple. It's not deep, it's not complex. And it simply says, if you want to change the world, love your kids. If you want to change the world, love your kids. Because your kids are what we call our future. And so Mm -hmm. if we don't have that love or that growth mindset to instill within our kids, we're going to produce the same thing. And ultimately, we can't love our kids to the fullest, I'll say, unless we love ourselves. Wow. Man. (laughs) Now I see why you are an inspirational speaker. I see it. Like, you, man. Mike House, everybody, find him while while it's hot now. Find him while it is hot now. I got chills going through my body, and I, I you know, that 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 was powerful to say the least, to say the least. And so, um, man, I don't even know where I don't even know where to begin with my next my next set of questions here. Um, so you, you talked a little bit about at 30, that's when you had your first child. And by 32, you started working on uh, self-development, if you will. And I don't even know if that's the best word to to describe, you know, your transformation. When did you, when did you have it in my mind? Like, okay, I'm now going to start speaking for others. As a speaker itself, um, yeah, man, that was a journey too. Um, but what really inspired me, and let me let me break that word down too, just just for a second. <laughs> yeah, inspired. What inspired me 
and the root word there is it, it's when we say inspired or inspirational it is inspired to be in spirit and so there's a spiritual component with the word inspired there's there's joy there's fullness there's something that is drawing you to it when you are inspired to do it you don't have to really work so hard <laughs> there's no question involved with it versus with motivation oh, I, I need to be motivated to do something and so i was inspired by the reading and more importantly by the listening to the speakers because what they were doing was they were just sharing their stories of how they changed and so as i listened to that and as i was feeding my mind with greatness rather than the junk that I had been watching on TV as far back as I can recall, that was my life, just watching TV all day long, going to sleep, had to have the TV on. So I was feeding my mind with positive messages. And so as I began to reflect on, on those messages, and I began to start to, I started to change uh, my thought process. I said, wow, I have a story. <laughs> I have a story. And I could potentially help someone else with my story. And so that's how that really came about. And, and in July of 2016, I had wrote down a goal that said, speaker, help others through language within two years of this writing. I had no idea how I was going to do that. No idea didn't have any plans by any means. And that's important too, because we get caught up in the how. When you are inspired by something, don't worry about the how, just just go, take that step. Yeah, the, the, how, will, the how will eventually it will come. come. The, the pieces, the necessary things you need to put in place, they will come. But willingness, and I told somebody, a good friend of mine this uh, last week, I believe willingness trumps intellect. Would you agree? Oh, yes. And I will add to that. Your availability, <laughs> which kind of goes with willingness. You have to be available. You have to make yourself available. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about from a schedule standpoint. I'm talking about for the heart <laughs> in order to do that. Right, because when the motivation goes away then then what, what are you nothing left you see it's motivation there's a motive there's an incentive and so if you work on a job where if you work when your production is it gets to such a, a level you have an incentive because you get extra extra compensation <laughs> so there's a motive for you yeah. to do something you see i, I mean I, I get the term of motivation i mean i have no problem let me be clear. You can call me a motivational speaker. I don't have an issue with that at all. But I'm just saying inspiration trumps motivation. Yeah, yeah. Inspiration trumps motivation. So I'm going to continue on this episode calling you an inspirational speaker. And it sounds like you pull from your own life. And a quote I heard from uh, one, one of my followers on, fa on Facebook that said, when it comes to your life, let your, let you hold the pen only. Mm -hmm. and, and what that means to me is when it comes to your own life, only you can tell that story mm -hmm. best. 
Yeah. And it sounds like uh, earlier when you was giving us uh, your message, it, it 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 was so captivating because it was authentic. It was something for me personally I'd never heard before. And so one would think, like, wow, him being so inspirational like that. Why not? Why not become a pastor? Have Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> uh, you know that has not a pastor per se, but just a preacher, a minister. You know that has many people have have said that to me. You know, I was raised in somebody's church all of my life. I've been in somebody's church, man. Um, but that has never been anything that God has has told me personally uh, to be a, a a preacher or a minister in the traditional sense. I will say, uh, what I've been called to do is to speak to everyone. You know, I'm not not mm-hmm. in the four walls of a church, but to everyone, uh, and to let mm-hmm. them know, you know, that change is possible. It's, it's very possible and it's necessary. Let me say that it's necessary in order for us to reach our full potential. But to answer your question directly, no, I've, I've never, I have no desire <laughs> uh, to be a pastor uh, in any capacity. I've, I've seen that play out <laughs> all of my life. That's just not something that... And and let me let me give you some you know reference of why I said that is because in the pre-show, uh, you you were talking about how much you enjoy to see people change and mm. grow, and that's one characteristic that a, a, a pastor would would say, a shepherd mm. would say that one reason I'm a pastor is because I love the idea of people changing and growing you know through the word oh of God. yeah yeah definitely i mean that's true that's that's why i do what i do i was I, actually i was looking over some some old content that i had produced and and it was called my why one of my mic house speaks and that's exactly what i said i said i do what i do because i love to see people succeed you know that this may sound crazy but it brings me more fulfillment to see other people you know to thrive to, to, to see within themselves that great potential that has always been there. It's always been there. It's nothing new. You were born with it. You were created with it. But we have awakened and become aware that we're able to tap into it. And so I love saying that. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, I also think of a coach too, mm. you know, a, a person that sees the potential in, in a player and, and in some capacity or a life mm-hmm. coach, you know, would you consider yourself a life uh, coach? I would say a coach per se. Um, I have credentials through the John Maxwell team to, to coach from a, a leadership standpoint. Uh, but that's, that's another secondary thing for me. The, the, the very first prime thing that I love to do is, is really to speak uh, but the coaching component, you know, you catch me one-on-one, definitely. That's that's something that, that I thrive thrive at, uh, really pulling it out of people, uh, really empowering them, throwing the questions their way to help them see their own greatness. They answer their own questions, their own 
uh, limited limitations within themselves. Uh, because again, it's already there. <laughs> it's already there. Right. Yeah. And so let's sit in this idea of or, or our topic of today, change. What is the biggest misconception about change or a, a person a person that's trying to evolve? Yeah, the, the biggest misperception uh, I would say is that I can't change. Does it? Okay. So, so I'll go back to the quote uh, with Carl Jung. Uh, you will call it fate until you make the unconscious conscious. It will direct your life and you will call it fate. We call it fate, but we call it fate in different terms. We say hmm, it's a generational curse. We say mm-hmm. it is what it is. We say money doesn't grow on trees. You see, all of these things is to downplay um, that change is possible, that we don't have to be configured in this box that we've always been in for generations, not just us, but those that came before us. And so we don't know, we don't have the awareness that we can change you know we just mm-hmm. all, we just go with the flow because within our subconscious minds uh what we've been programmed to believe uh that's what plays out in our lives and so to say that we can change man and to know that we can change not just to say it but to know that we can change people don't they can't see it within them because all they've seen within their lives are disempowering ideas and beliefs. I'll just use poverty. Let's use poverty as an example. You know, everyone says, I I don't see why they just can't raise themselves up, uh, pull themselves up by the bootstraps. I did it. Well, (laughs) well, they really, all they know is to have a poverty stricken mindset. That's what they know. And until they change that on a subconscious level, that's going to continue. I'll use one other quick example. I'll use divorce and, and relationships. Okay. You know, I've, my parents, I've already said, they had a very unhealthy relationship. So what do you think my mindset was? An unhealthy <laughs> relationship subconsciously. I, that's it. You know, I didn't think that, you know, I would be a, a, a good husband to my wife, a good spouse. I say the greatest achievement that I've ever uh, made is reaching a 10 year mark in my marriage. Happily. <laughs> I, when, when we reached 10 years, three years ago, I was like, wow, this is the greatest achievement. We have never been separated. We have never talked about divorce. It's possible to change things that have always been. So that that idea that marriage was not a, a possibility for me, while all throughout our marriage, those those thoughts, they, I mean, they were there. Please don't misunderstand, because again, they were in my they were in my heart, like, uh, I don't know about this, but mm-hmm. I, I know that it's possible, and that I don't have to fall in line with everyone else and with what I see that I can be happy and that I can can have the partner uh, that I so deserve and that's another thing you deserve greatness you don't deserve uh, 
anything beneath who you really are. And so that that's the misperception to me that I can't change, that it is what it is. That's not true. Yeah. And, and I think when you say I can't change, you're, you're limiting your own potential. You're limiting your own ability to evolve because a wise man once told me that if you're the same person that you were 10, 15 years ago, then there's a problem mm. that you should be constantly evolving as, as a, as a person. Um, and so um, I'm also reminded of the scripture in the Bible. I think it's in Proverbs. You might be able to help me out where it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so mm -hmm. is he. And so it, does it start with our thoughts or does it start with our words or both? Yeah, so I had mentioned that uh, earlier, uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Um, I, I think we have, a. I don't know if we have a full understanding of that scripture. Um, because it, it's, it goes beyond what we just think from a conscious level. You know, my thoughts that come to my head, uh, I can I can either accept them and say, yeah, that, that's good, or I can reject it and say, no, I don't I don't agree with what Mike House is saying, so I'm moving on with my life. That's a, that's a conscious okay. thought. The thoughts that are within our subconscious minds, those, we're programmed. That's a program or the terminology people use is um, that is an unconscious bias. That's a corporate America term, or that's a paradigm. It's something that's within your mind, your subconscious mind, that is playing out automatically. We're on autopilot. And so we don't even know what's happening. A good example of it is, is when you are driving. You don't think to drive. You get in your car, you go where you need to go. <laughs> That's unconscious. I have literally driven back and forth to Indianapolis several times. And by the time I get to Indianapolis from Cincinnati, I'm like, how did I get here? Because that's on a subconscious level. And so that's where it really starts. But I, I like to say, but it's, it's your, 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 we've been gifted with two different things. No other life form has been gifted with these things. And that is our mind and our speech, our mind and our speech. That's what differentiates us from all other life forms. Everyone else acts on instinct and things of that nature. And so it's, it, to answer your question, it, it starts with our thoughts, with our thoughts. And that translates to what our speech, what we're saying. And I'm not just talking about verbally. I'm talking about those um, those self-talk conversations that we have <laughs> all of the time. Mm -hmm. Those disempowering things that we're saying under our breath that we wouldn't dare say aloud. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's where it begins. So once we are able to, to change what's in our programmed mind, our emotional mind, and start to speak things, speak those things that aren't as though they were, then that's when that's when change uh, can begin to happen. And so when I when I listen to you, man, it sounds like um, it's a it's a discipline, and dis and what I mean by discipline, a, a training of of what we constantly have to do with ourselves in order to um, create a new normal. Would you agree with that? 
I was I would agree wholeheartedly. And so for you, what what was that process like? Man, it's a journey. It's a journey that I'm I'm on today. It's it's ongoing. We're always becoming. You just mentioned that not too long ago. Like you, you you're always becoming. If you're the way that you were 10 years ago, man, something you got a problem. <laughs> so you should always be growing. So for me, uh, what I do personally is I'm always reading something that's inspirational, that's positive. Because repetition is the mother of skill. And so in order for me to get rid of all of the, the, the things that aren't serving me well, I need to replace those things with, with something that, with a seed that's going to sprout, that's going to produce good fruit. And so I'm reading. I'm, all, I'm listening to messages, positive messages. I, I am, um, I'm not focused on what's going on in the world per se. Now I have an understanding, let me be clear. I'm not living in a bubble, even though my wife says I am. Mm-hmm. But I'm not focused on everything that's going on external in, in, in the world per se. I'll give you just a quick example. My, my, I was talking to my sister a week or so ago and um, we just had a full conversation we always do we talk for a few hours a week and uh, I called her the next day I said you know what we didn't talk about what happened um, at the Capitol on January 6th and she said yeah I intentionally didn't mention that to you and she didn't mention that to me because she knows that I'm in a space where I'm not focused on the negative aspects of what's going on in the world. So she was made a conscious decision not to even mention it to me. Yeah, because I, I'm reminded of a shift that it's not what it's not the water that's around the ship, it's what gets inside the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and so man. I know we could probably stay on the phone another hour or so, but as we are wrapping up, it has definitely been a pleasure connecting with you and, and, and listening to you. What's one takeaway you want to leave with the listeners today? I'll say the topic at hand, be the change you want to see. Be the change you want to see. We can't change humanity per se, We can't change the world, but we can change ourselves. And in turn, we'll change those that are in our home because they will be inspired. We'll change those that are in our environment because they'll be inspired. We'll change those that are in our community because they'll be inspired on the workplace. You see, it's a a ripple effect. It's a domino effect. And so we can can dream and visualize on on a macro level. That's all well and good. We should do that. But we have to be the change that we want to see. Well, you heard it first, folks. Mike House, be the change you want to see. Change starts with you. And what? It, how does it start with us, fathers, dads, men alike? It starts by training our conscious and unconscious through positive or I would even say godly messages that can bring you closer to the best version of yourself. 
And so if you like what you're hearing today, um, go to fatherhoodfridays.com, which is my website. Um, And here's a sneak peek into next week's Fatherhood Friday episode. Um, it, it is definitely a, a, in a sense, a supervisor manager uh, role that you're playing as a parent. And so you have to trust dad that while you're doing it, you are planting seeds and that they will remember those times when dad was at home doing the things that were necessary for your kids to be successful for your spouse uh, to make sure she's successful at work, um, to make sure she can come to a place of comfort and ease. Um, you want to hope and pray that they, you know, appreciate those things um, because those were the things that I was living. And 